Well, hello, hello. Welcome to Orchid Bloom's podcast. Welcome back, bloomers. My name is Orchid Brown, and I am your host with Orchid Bloom's podcast. You can find me on Instagram or TikTok at Orchid Eye Brown. Don't forget to follow the podcast on Instagram at The Ambitious Net. Before we get into the podcast episode that we are covering today, I just wanted to give you an update. Um, since I have been trying to find a new application to record my podcast episode so that it would be more refined and cleaner uh, because sometimes Audacity has uh, a bit of, of issues that I have when I'm recording a podcast episode. I am sure if you have been listening to this podcast for the year and a half that we have been up and available for people to listen, um, that you have noticed there are some little glitches that happens within the actual podcast episode itself. For a year now, I have wanted to change um, the platform Audacity to something else. So during last week, especially after the first episode that I dropped, which I had to record with Audacity, so hopefully there's not a lot of glitches when you're listening, um, and I tried a, a new platform, I think it's called Tumbly or Turbler or whatever it's called, and they were advertising it on you know, YouTube and things like that. So I went and I, I went on the website and I was trying to use it. And when I was recording it, I just wasn't getting the quality that I was looking for, a quality that you know I can get with Audacity. So it took a bit of time to record this podcast episode, which in fact, just Googling and, and testing different ones that are available and just not being impressed with the quality that I was getting. I am now back on Audacity. So that is uh, the the issue that I was having that may have delayed this podcast episode, but it will be out today and I hope you can forgive me for not dropping the two podcast episode in one week as I told you I would have, but trying to attempt to find something that is better than what I have is becoming an issue and it's quite difficult. So bear with me. You do have this episode now. And as I said before, the next episode will be next week or sorry, this week, because it is Sunday. This coming Friday will be another podcast episode that will be launched and we will be from then on launching our podcast episode every Friday, hopefully, you know, Thursday night and you guys see it on Friday morning. But that is the goal going forward. So I wanted to take this opportunity to just kind of let you know and be transparent about what is happening with this podcast and and what I've been struggling with. And if you happen to have any ideas on what I could do in terms of other platforms or other applications that I could use to record my podcast episode successfully and provide you with better, better recordings and quality episodes, please feel free to contact me on Instagram page at the ambitious net and let me know, you know, what kind of platforms you found that was really easy for you to use. And if you are a podcaster who is currently listening to this, let me know what you would suggest because at this point, you know, Googling and testing, I am just not really impressed with what is being put out there. It looks flashy. It looks great. It looks new. It looks wonderful. You know, advertising you always make things look better than they are. And then when you actually go in to try it, it's not actually fulfilling the needs that you're looking for. 
So hopefully I will find something, you know, by mid this season or the end of this season going into another season of the podcast and you will be able to get quality podcast episode on Orchid Bloom's podcast. Now let's get back to today's episode. In today's episode, we will be discussing arranged marriages. We talked about mail order brides last episode, and since they are somewhat similar, I wanted to go over it in this podcast episode. With last podcast episode, I talked about mail order brides, but I had not mentioned in the previous episode that there are certain men out there who have more than one mail order brides. And I mean, if they have the money for it, then I completely understand um, that they would want to have two male order brides that, you know, come from whatever country and they marry them. And I believe that I mentioned the Solomon story in the Bible and how he was a very rich man. And so because he was a rich man, he was able to have multiple wives. And there are certain men, especially in the U.S., I'm not sure about Canada as of yet, because this is not something that Canada really broadcast or touch on or have any um, statistics to prove that there are men here in in Canada, Canadian men, who have ordered more than one multiple brides and have male order brides as, as his wife. But I do know that it is popular to have more than one wife in some parts of the states or just maybe a guy woke up one day and felt, okay, you know what, this one male order bride isn't doing what I need her to do. Um, Let me get a second one and um, I'll have two wives to handle all of my needs. So it is quite popular. So I just wanted to mention that before going into the rest of this podcast episode on arranged marriages. Now, when I say similar, I mean marrying someone you really don't know or have any affection for. Male order brides know that they have to care for this individual they met online and they will need to move to build a life with the stranger. But the benefit is that they get to escape their current struggle or situations and it's an adventure that could lead to a comfortable life, an adventurous marriage or advantageous marriage. So what is an arranged marriage? An arranged marriage is a marriage planned and agreed by the families or guardians of the couple concerned rather than by the couple themselves. With mail order brides, they are making this decision themselves. They don't necessarily have a family member or a guardian that advocates for them. They're doing this on their on their own. But with arranged marriage, they have that safety net, which is securing. It, it Personally, if I was in a specific religion and my family believed in arranged marriages, I would prefer if it was my parents that took care of this. And I know that they would have my best interest at heart it is the parents often with help from other family members who choose a spouse for their children or their child depending on how many child or children they have do i feel that it is better than a mail order bride 100 and i know that some of you might disagree with me and that's completely fine i just feel that i need a support system when it comes to marrying someone that i really don't know And 
as a male order bride, if I was a male order bride, marrying someone from a different country who I don't know about, I don't know if their life is as real as they say it is, if their picture is who they are. I need that support system. I need that safety net. That way, if something goes away and something is completely wrong, that my family is going to advocate for me in my country and try to help me out. Your family might be your biggest advocate. I use the term might because there is always a bad side to things that seem good. Not all family members or parents arrange these marriages out of the goodness of their heart. It could be for business or money transaction where their daughter is seen as an object more than a child. It is the merging of families. Some families are trying to merge with other families that they have known for years and have the utmost respect for them. Some are trying to merge with families with a good reputation or have shown to have years of prosperity as well as favor. Most times the union is not just about the child's betterment, future or comfort, but also the parents are considering their comforts. Some may receive receive a dowry, which money stays within the family, used to care for other siblings, if any. The unity of two families, not just one, sounds very much secure, and it just means that you have more of a support system. But again, if you could be friends with someone for years and know that family, and know that from the outside, they look proper, they look the best thing their grass is always greener but you really don't know what is happening indoors and some people are really good at hiding what is really happening indoors so that's another downside to to marrying somebody or into a family that looks perfect on the outside arranged marriage is not forced marriage young people usually agree to marry their parents their parents' choice and if they are lucky they might choose from a handful of options selected by their parents. In an arranged marriage, both the brides and the groom consent to have their marriage arranged, but not always. And depending on the families, sometimes they don't have a choice. In a forced marriage, one or both of them is coerced into the marriage and does not give full and free consent. In the past, arranged marriages were used to create alliances and strengthen relationship between countries and famous families with a lot of power. To this day, arranged marriages thrive and are considered favorably. I remember talking to an Indian girl and she was telling me how she believes in arranged marriages and how it's beneficial for people to go into arranged marriages. And I said to her, okay, are you saying this because you know this is what your culture um, does all the time? Is Are you saying this because in your culture it's, it's, it's um, it's tradition to do something like this. She said, no, it's proven that marriages that are created through a union of the families are more successful. And she says, I know a lot of people, especially in India, that that have successful arranged marriages and they fall in love and they go on to, to be great families and happy families. And I said, all right, I will give you that because I don't come from a culture that is about arranged marriages. Maybe in some areas in Jamaica, you know, if your family is prosperous and a couple more families within that community is, is prosperous as well, that they might create a union by through that, through that connection. But I mean, both the kids are going to have to, to basically 
know each other and and want to build a life with each other and in some cases i think i did meet someone who was like that she came from a family that was very prosperous uptown and she's um my aunt's uh, best friend and she ended up marrying this guy who's from the same community who comes from a family of money and they seem to have connected due to the fact that they come from the same world that they come from the same kind of family background and that they all kind of know each other. And so creating that union between them is keeping the prosperity within the families. So I, I believe, I wouldn't consider that an arranged marriage because it's not like the parents sat down and really talked about it and went over everything together, but it just made sense to both of the individuals involved that they would marry someone within their own community now back to the indian girl what i found odd about this indian girl is that she was secretly married and i thought to myself secretly married you're literally sitting here telling me about how great an arranged marriage is and i figured based on how she was talking about it that now that she's finished school and she has a, a full-time job that maybe she is now going to you know talk to her parents and say okay i'm ready now and her parents are going to say hey we have a few suitors that is connected to the family families that we know and we would love for you to connect with them and and you know feel them out see if you're compatible or not and then move forward with a marriage with one of these individuals of your choice but that's not what happened she was secretly married so i said oh um is is this guy you know somewhat someone that your your parents or your father would approve of and she says well i met him while i was in school in toronto and i said oh, okay well at least you know he has an education <laughs> and um she said they dated when they were you know in in university or was it university or college i think it's university i'm not really sure i didn't ask too many questions and she said that they met and they fell in love and then they secretly got married. And I said, when you say secretly got married, it means that his parents don't know that he married you and your parents don't know that you married him. And she's like, yeah. And I said, um, okay, so what are you doing in Ottawa if you're married? Like, shouldn't you guys be trying to build a life? She's like, well, he's still in school in Toronto. So I was like, oh, he's a little bit younger than you, maybe like a year or so. And she's like, yeah. And I said, okay, but what are you doing here away from your secret husband and your family? Because her family lives in Mississauga um, near Toronto. And she says, well, I needed a, a job and I need to get some job experience. And I said, well, you could do the exact same thing in Toronto and be close to your family and your secret husband. And she goes, yeah, but I just, I just kind of wanted to go out and be independent on my own. And then I, I thought to myself, why would she be seeking independence you know, living in, a, in a, a city where her family is not really around and have a secret marriage and her family is like maybe a, a city away. Like, I just don't understand what, what her thought process is. And I said, all right, so you are living with somebody that, you know, your, your family knows, right? And she's like, yeah. So I said, when your husband comes to visit you here in Ottawa, if he ever comes to visit you here in Ottawa, where does he stay as your husband? She's like, oh, he stays somewhere else. So I said, you guys are secretly married, but you're keeping up this, this 
secret life where you sneak off to to go and and see him wherever he is and basically act like married couple for that one or two days and then you go back to just being a single person who is just looking to have a, a life of freedom away from your family um getting into a, a career on your own and, and working and all that kind of stuff and she's like she's like yes but i mean we talk every single day on the phone and we love each other greatly, you know, we're always texting each other and blah, 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 blah. And I, at this point, I'm still kind of confused because, again, she's saying how wonderful arranged marriages are, and yet she's living a completely secret life where she's still able to be single. So in my mind, I was like, so what if, you know, your dad or mom contacts you and says, hey, it's time for you to to start looking into to getting married and we have some suitors for you like what are you gonna do to dodge that and she's like well they've already done that and that's kind of why she's in ottawa um so that she can run away and i was like okay but if you marry this guy who's in toronto and it's a love marriage why don't you just tell your parents and she's like well he doesn't really want to meet my parents and I said, I don't understand this. I just don't understand this. You guys have created a union and you're telling me that he he doesn't want to meet your parents. She's like, well, he's kind of afraid to meet them. And I said, yeah, motherfucker should be scared. How are you going to take a girl from her family, marry her secretly? So she didn't even have a, a, a good wedding. It was more like they went to City Hall and signed some papers. And I said, you took this daughter from behind the, the father and the mother's back, married her, and is now shit scared to go and confront them about this. Like, what, what logic did you guys come up with with all of this? I don't understand why you guys decided to make your situations much harder than it is. I just don't get it. I told her that I felt for her parents because that's not how they raised you. I don't know everything about the Indian culture, but I know how much they value family. I know how much they take care of their family. I've never seen an Indian parent ever let their daughter just go off and do whatever she wants. They're always watching. The big brothers are always protective. Yes, some parents do give their daughters a bit more freedom, but the fact of the matter is your parents allowed you to move to a completely different city to work and get some work experience and, and start building a, a life for yourself where once you get the experience, you'll be able to come back to Toronto and take that experience and get better jobs there. And they trusted you. And upon them trusting you, you decided to go and do this behind their back. And even though you talk to them on a daily basis, you still don't feel bad when you're talking to them, that you're lying to them, that you're running away from them because you're trying to protect your husband. I was like, I can't deal with this pussy mentality. Like as a man, you are coming into this, you've married a woman and you've made her your wife. And instead of manning up and going to the parents and telling the parents that I am so sorry for what I did, but I just loved your daughter so much. And I wasn't sure if you'd ever approve of me marrying your daughter. So we did it behind your back, but we love each other. And we just hope that you both would support us like man up man up so i said honestly i feel for your parents like i don't feel for you i feel for your parents 
because this is not how they raised you. And she's like, I know, but she's she's like, he, she has to wait until he makes a decision on when he's ready to talk to her parents. And I said, you still haven't met his parents or his family members? And she's like, no. And I said, what kind of marriage is this? Like, I don't understand what type of marriage is this? So she introduced me to her, her husband. And I didn't understand why she introduced me to her husband because at this point, I'm pissed for her parents. Um, and I'm not the best person because I'm very opinionated and I don't know how to just kind of act like everything's okay. She is a wonderful girl, the sweetest girl I've ever met in my entire life. Anytime I needed something, anytime I needed help, she was there for me. Every time she needed something, I would be there for her. And where the fuck was her husband in all of this? She was like going through something and I said, where's where's your husband? She's like, oh, I spoke to him on the phone. He's in Toronto right now. He's going out with his boys. And I was like, the fuck? Going out with his boys? You're alone in Ottawa. And he doesn't seem to feel any sort of way about it. He's just going on with his life like he's still single. Like he does not have responsibilities now that he's married you behind his parents' back and your family's back and put you both in a situation where you're both going to look horrible to your own family. Like I just don't get it. So I invited her to my birthday and he came down and he came to the birthday as well. But you can just tell like he had this 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 ego about him but the ego was in place to to mask his insecurities but unfortunately you're talking to me here i can see right through that ego and see exactly what you're insecure about and i can just tell especially since i cussed him out over the phone because i was like don't give me that phone i don't want to talk to your husband she's like no just talk to him and i think she was hoping that i would kind of explain to him how disrespectful this behavior is and i did do that but i did it with a little bit of anger because i was mad like why would you do this to a kind young woman as such as her she's a great girl why would you do this to her you know this is going to put a strain on her relationship with her family going forward her father might be able to be civil and put it aside and said okay you married this fucker that's fine we'll make this work but there's going to be a grudge there is going to be a grudge within the family and every time you fuck up they're gonna just look at their daughter like this is what you chose this is what you chose it was a red flag when he tried to convince you to marry him behind your family's back without and had you lying to us for years i said how long are you planning on going about this and i know y'all are fucking now because you're married and most likely he married you so he can fuck so if you get pregnant how are you going to explain that to your mom like oh we've been married for about three years now um and he lived in toronto and i lived by myself in ottawa and, and I, I got pregnant and now we have a baby like how are you going to do this it doesn't make any sense so i said to him on the phone i'm like man up you need to man up now you have taken on the responsibility of a wife man up go face her family and introduce her to yours and make this arrangement smoother than difficult as you have made it all because you feel some sort of way you are scared like that's great and all but you need to get it together so i was so confused i just didn't understand why she would do something like this and say that she was doing this out of love like you're hurting a lot more people than you think you are and she just kind of sat there and she took in everything that i said because deep down she knows that's what she was feeling and what she was you know trying to tell her husband like if we keep prolonging this it's not going to end well it's not going to look any better than it looks now and he's just like no no no, i'm not ready i'm not ready you know how i feel like 
it's just so hard like i can't face your father like what if this and what if that i just can't i just can't but yet he's going out partying with his boys hanging like you know there's no care in the fucking world calling her going i love you baby and all of that stuff but you're put you're, you're putting so much pressure on her and you're making her feel like shit but she has to sit there and fake it like okay and like that's great and all but this is not a life this is not a life the fact that he just left you here in ottawa not realizing that he needs to build a life with you she's like when he's finished school he's planning on moving here and we're gonna start a life out here away from his, her family and they're going to build this life without his family knowing about it i said oh so what if they said, oh, son, we need you to come back home. There's a family emergency. And he gets on the plane, leaves you behind and goes home. And then they said, oh, we found you a wife. Today's the wedding day. You're going to get married. What's going to happen then? Is he going to tell them that he's already married and have a life with you in Canada? Or is he just going to go through with the marriage so that he can avoid dealing with that? As a married man, you need to step up. You need to understand that your wife is your responsibility. And if you can't man up in something this simple, what are you going to do down the line? What are you going to deal with? And you're going to put tears in your wife's eyes because she's not, she's sitting there waiting for you to prove that you are in fact a good man. And because she loves you, you have to be that good man. And you're not, you're really not. So I don't really know what to say to all of this i was just pissed i was pissed for her parents and i'm sure they would have handled it better than i would but to me it's like a family unit you respect that family unit and i just found that what they were both doing was disrespectful to that family unit you're starting your life as a new couple realizing that karma is a bitch your daughter in the future might go about doing it the exact same way that you did it because you both acting like this is normal and this is okay and when it does happen all you're gonna have to do is sit there and cry because you started this at this point i didn't know how to take anything that she said seriously especially when it comes to family and marriage because she was moving in a way that was completely against her belief system for a man that she loves and a man that is from her culture and should understand that this is not how things are done. You need to have respect for your wife and her family. And if you can't do that, then it just means that you don't actually respect her yourself. I don't know if she has fixed her situation at this moment in time. Um, after I left that position, I kind of kept my distance from her and I never really spoke to her again. And I think she kind of understood that I just did not have respect for the way that they both went about this marriage and how they are, are keeping their families in the dark. Like this is okay. So I, I just exited from that situation and just allowed her and her husband, her pitiful husband to figure out how they're going to salvage this situation because having her part from her family and having her family be so angry at her that they never want to talk to her again is going to hurt a lot more than anything in this world and she's going to sit there and wonder were you really worth it because that's all she has in this country is her mother her father and her sister and to not have that anymore over over i married the man that i love i mean i wish you the best i wish you the best i do but i can't i can't watch this and i i don't know how to i don't know how to support it i can't support it and i'm not even from her culture so for me to be this 
hyper about it and so passionate about it and it's not my culture, it means that I need to exit from the situation because if they don't see it as a big deal and it's okay and it's fine and, you know, at this point they're both in denial that everything's going to be fine, I, I can't. I can't play along with that. That's just not who I am. But let's continue with the podcast episode. I hope that story was a, a little cautionary tale. Studies have shown that couples who have engaged in an arranged marriage are more likely to be very romantic towards their partners. This could lead to love, mostly because they both are slowly adjusting to the new life and passing every hurdles together. A union, together. I wish my friend in the past had figured that out because they were living completely separate lives, but yet married. We see in our society that people give the best version of themselves to people they don't know. They try to live up to the image they have of themselves. I also feel that the pressure of knowing each other for some time and that they feel stuck in remaining the same when you first meet is lifted. And everyone's kind of been in that situation, not everyone. But you know when you meet somebody and you fall in love and then you get married and then over time you as an individual change. And so the partner now is upset because the partner feels that you are not the same person that I married and they no longer want to be in this relationship because they're like, who are you? That is lifted in this sort of situation because they really don't know each other. They can't really judge or or say like, this is underlying who you are and this is how you have to be for the rest of our lives together. It's lifted. It means you can show as many versions of yourself, especially that vulnerable side of you, and the person will have to just take you for who you are. That's my thoughts behind that, but you might disagree. That pressure doesn't exist in an arranged marriage. The person you just met or have married you can see all the different versions of you in the first few years of the marriage. You are more likely to show your vulnerable side, as I mentioned before. You are forced to build trust before seeking love, pursuing your duties to build the trust before seeking love, pursuing your duties to build that trust and security between each other. It's it's a marriage where two people have to actively work to make it work. <laughs> I don't know how else to say it. Both of you need to put in 50%, but everyone says if you really want to have a successful marriage, both of you need to put in 100% each to make it work because sometimes you're in a situation and one person's giving 80% and the next person's giving 20% and that's not a satisfying life. It really isn't. So a lot, I feel that there's so many advice that goes around and is out there when it comes to marriage, depending on the person who's saying it, they're going to tell you what worked for them. And that makes a lot of sense to them. But not every single person has the exact same marriage. So I always believe that both of you giving 100% is really what's going to make it work. Not just 50. Like, you know, I pay 50% of the, the, the bills and you pay the other 50. No, no, no. 100% of your energy goes into working on your marriage. Especially with someone you don't really know. You have to take that time. You have to carve out that time to learn about each other, to grow with each other. And if there is a change, you will both adapt to that change with each other. A lot of people grow up wanting to find love 
and then get married. But in some cultures, that's really not the case. A lot of parents and grandparents know that finding love and then getting married sometimes isn't enough. You can marry the person you're in love with and still not be successful in the marriage later on in the years that will pass. And so that is most, that's one of the reasons why some of these parents are not necessarily looking for a partner for their daughter to marry for love. They're just looking for a partner that will take care of their daughter and make sure their daughter lives a comfortable life. So for these women now, when you see these movies and you're reading these romance novels and, you know, it's making love seem so glamorous and so wonderful. Keep in mind, these books and these movies are written by somebody and they're written by someone who had a fantasy and put it out there and it became a way to escape your current situations. And in that case, I would say for couples that do get married and that are not satisfied because they feel that the, the, the relationship is not what they expected it to be. They were hoping for this magical dream that they saw in a book or, you know, a Cinderella story or, you know, what they're seeing in the movies of people who find love and they're super happy. And, and so, yes, you may have this lingering feeling of wanting to find love and marrying the love of your life. And even when you do have to participate in an arranged marriage, you somewhat feel like you got cheated out of life. But understand that your parents aren't looking at, okay, you know, look, meet this guy, you're going to fall in love with him, and you're going to get married. And it's an arranged marriage. No, it doesn't work like that. You don't know this person. But it gives you the opportunity to learn to love each other in marriage as you go forward. So a lot of people, and not just women, but men as well, have to adjust to that disappointment because of the responsibilities they feel towards their family and what marriage means to their culture and to themselves. Some are weak and most likely cheat at the cost to their marriage. Keep in mind, it's not just arranged marriages that cheating occurs. It's all marriages all over the world. So when I say this in this podcast episode, I am not specifically talking about marriage, arranged marriage. I'm referring to the millions and billions and trillions of marriages happening all over the world where some partners go out there and cheat rather than communicating with their partner. And, and in most times, some of these partners are communicating, but the other partner isn't listening. And so they just get fed up and they go off and they go find what they're truly looking for. That's not a bad thing. It just means that both of you need to be on the same page. That's great. You want to blame your husband for cheating. But if you specifically weren't listening and you specifically weren't working with your husband to to change and to make changes within the marriage that would benefit both of you, then you have to take some responsibility as well. Disgracing, disrespecting, and dishonoring their family. Because that is what cheating is. That's what that's what it causes. It just doesn't look good. It's embarrassing to the family when you cheat. Yes, I know cheating is normalized in our society because everyone does it and it's been happening since the dawn of time, but it's still disgraceful. It's still disrespectful and it still dishonors your family. It doesn't matter what religion you are a part of. It's it's embarrassing. And let's be real, in these cultural communities, what happens is in your household it's quickly known to the community. 
they always have a play-by-play of what happened. Like, there's no way around this. There's no way you can cheat secretly. It's it's going to be out there. If the person you're cheating with is not making it known so that she can mark her territory or he can mark his territory and be like, well, they're definitely not, you know, working out really well. And that's why she came to me because I'm a better husband or I could be a better husband than her current husband or I can be a better wife than her wife. And it becomes like a competition and I just don't get the competition. Like, you're the 20%. It's the 80-20 rule. You got the 80% at home and you got the 20% outside. And I wish you the best of luck if you decide to leave 80% to go with 20%. But the 20% is just going to end up disappointing you eventually because you're not sharing yourself between two women anymore. You're just selected. You're just focused on one. So the 80-20 rule, everybody knows this and you should know this if you are married. Never leave 80% of what you have at home for 20% outside the home. Your, fr- your family cannot live that down at this point. Once you've embarrassed them in that way, they can't live it down. They will always be known as somebody that got cheated on. And I mean, you can look at examples with famous people. Beyonce and Jay-Z, yes, they're still together. And yes, they seem more unified than they were before. But the fact that she got cheated on, the world knows about it. And the world will never forget. There are so many situations where people cheat in marriage. And that's an embarrassment that will carry on for a long time. You will hear it 10 years from now. Oh, you remember when your husband cheated on you? Or you remember when your wife cheated on you? Yeah, you couldn't keep your family together. You saw with the Obama election, like the first one where, you know, Clinton, his wife, went up on stage and started saying certain things about Obama. And then his wife stood up and and basically made the reference that how can you run a country if you couldn't run your home? And so even though Monica Lewinsky's situation happened such a long time ago, it was still being brought up to attack her, Miss Clinton. So you'll never live it down. That is an embarrassment that you will have to carry for the rest of your life. You brought shame to your family when you cheat. I have about two more stories to tell and I'm trying to decide which one to share after sharing about cheating. Um, I don't really have a story when it comes to um, love marriages. I mean, all cheating stories sound the exact same. For some apparent reason, all these cheaters have the exact same narrative and all the, the, the partners that were cheated on have the exact same narrative. So there's really no point in really bringing up any stories like that at this point. But I will share this one and I'll leave the other one to the end because that one's brutal. But this one is that I knew this girl I went to college with. She's a Lebanese Arab. And at some point while she was in college, this older man showed up to her house and asked her, her father and her mother for her hand in marriage. Now she was at school at the time. So she got home and, you know, the mother was so excited and she was like, oh my God, a guy, a man came and he wants to marry you. And she's like, oh, okay, who is he? So they showed a picture and, you know, she was like, but he's old. And she's like, yes, but at least somebody wants to marry you. And keep in mind, this, my friend, she, at the time, she was gorgeous, just gorgeous. Like most guys look at her and they're like, damn, you look damn good. And um, so at this point, she was like, excuse me, why would I marry some old ass man when I have options of, of, you know, marrying someone my own age or someone is slightly older than me in a sense and and to work on, on a happy life that way? Why would I marry an old man? 
and they're like oh it's a cultural thing like usually older men and, and younger women get married and she's like well technically you're you're over 18 so it's it's perfectly fine so she was like no i'm not marrying this person don't you're not going to force me into marrying some old ass man gray hair put belly and no it's not not no no what has he ever been married before you know how many marriages did he have before that didn't work out and now he's still trying to seek younger girls so she was like no i'm not i'm not doing this and at the time when she was telling me about it because at this point i'm not from a culture of of muslim or you know arranged marriages or people just showing up at your door and, and saying i want to marry your daughter but keep in mind in my culture that is what happened back in the day because that's what happened to my grandmother you know my mother's father showed up to her door and and say that said to her mother at the time that she will take my grandmother off of of her off of her hands god i mumbled that and so she didn't really my grandmother didn't really want to marry this guy but her mom was like sure take her and just basically threw her out of the house and he took her unwillingly and forced himself on her unwillingly she did not want to she ended up getting pregnant with my mother for some man she never wanted to be with but you know she had nowhere to go and she was forced in a situation that she did not want to. And once she found a way to gain some money, she took her child and she ran away from this man. And he to this, you know, not to this day, I think he's over it by now. But it took him years to kind of get over the fact that she did that. Like he thought that she, after she got raped by him, that it would be okay. Like, okay, well, now I raped you. It's, you know, you should just realize that this is your life now. And it just didn't happen. She was headstrong and she was like, no, I don't want you. You're disgusting. And you forced yourself on me. Like, I'm not I'm not going to, to be a part of this. So I understand in certain situations that these things do happen. And that was in the past. Now I find that in Jamaica, that doesn't really happen. But in their culture, in the Muslim culture, that is a normal thing for some man to just show up at your house and said, hey, I spotted your daughter on the street and she looks beautiful and I want to marry her. And so this was happening here in Canada. And she was like, no, I'm not, not interested. So when, when she told me this, I was just kind of confused because I keep hearing about these arranged marriages between old men and children. And keep in mind, this girl is not a child. She, she was, what, 20 years old at the time? And this man was like in his 60s or at least late 50s. And so... You know, I always just kind of look at their culture as a whole and see some of the news that comes out about these 12-year-old girls that end up in marriage. Like, And in my mind, I, I kept thinking, like, why would a man want to be walking down the street with his child wife that looks like his daughter, go out to dinner with his friends with his daughter, child wife, beside him? She's, she's a baby. She's a child. Like, I'm certain that, you know, you have other kids that are her age as well from maybe previous marriages. And so why would you think that that's sexy walking down the street? But then I realize it's a cultural thing. Like in their culture, seeing like an old, crusty old man with like a 12-year-old girl, you know, holding her hand, dragging her down the street to go hang out with his boys and his friends and going to family gatherings. And here's his wife sitting on his lap, who's 12 years old. Like that's cute in their culture. It's respected almost. And it just never made any sense to me. And even here in Canada, like I would meet women who get married at the age of 16, 15 sometimes. And in my mind, I was like, why? I think I even approached a girl and I asked her why. Why did you... 
why do you think that getting married at the age of 16 was wise? And she's like, oh, it's, you know, that's what the church does. And, you know, it's encouraged to do that. And, and it's better than, you know, putting yourself in a situation where you might ha end up having sex with this person, at least he's your husband. And it's, and I'm like, okay, but what about an education? What about a job? You know, that life is difficult out there, right? And you're, you're married to someone who you expect to just kind of manage to provide for the home and to protect the home but he's not going to be there because he's going to be working one or two jobs trying to support both of you and so sh they would be like well it's an honor for me to 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 be married and so it it's almost like it's a career and it's an honorable career to to be married and i'm like okay i i understand that thought process now that you're explaining it to me but it still doesn't make any sense because you're still a child you're 16 years old do you even have an identity do you even know who you are at this point you are playing wife and you don't even know what wife means what wife looks like if you don't know who you are as an individual how the hell are you supposed to be a good wife and then of course this girl ends up getting divorced before she's 25 because he cheats on her because his expectation of, of of a family or a life it was too much pressure and this kid just keep in mind women women develop better in their brain or more in their brains than than boys do so if you're gonna marry uh, an 18 year old or 21 year old understand that they're still 16 years old at that age so yes you're 16 years old and you might be 21 22 in maturity level but the fact of the matter is you're still a child neither of you know who you are and i get it you know they're thinking oh well god will provide god will make them fix their marriage they don't really have to do anything but i don't recall anywhere in the bible does it say that you know just get married and god is just going to make everything okay he's going to make you both compatible he's going to make your husband ready for this life he is going to make you a, a better wife if you don't know who the hell you are how are you supposed to change and grow and be a better person? It just doesn't make any sense to me. It's not like you just go to bed one night and God decided to download your identity into you and you wake up the next day and it's like, ah, this is who I am as a wife. And then he wakes up and ah, and everything is just perfect. No, you have to actually put in the work for yourself. You actually have to work at this marriage, work with this person. And if you don't know who you are, if you're trying to follow what you have seen before, with other women or other men keep in mind that won't last very long you know why it won't last very long because it's not you you're copying somebody else and a lot of people do this they they go into the marriage and they change to fit what they feel a definition of a wife and a husband should look like except it it's not them and if it's not you how long will it take before that image that you have of yourself or that that fake and that fake lifestyle that you're living to try to portray a good husband and a good wife how long will it take for that to fall to crumble into millions of pieces and your entire marriage to fall apart these are things that people need to consider when they're deciding that they're going to get married young like figure out who the hell you are first and then you will know what type of life will be best for you then you will know what type of a husband would be best for you because at this point you're 16 so anyone would do you don't even know what your husband is supposed to look like at this point you're like oh my god you look like this movie star i saw on television on my favorite show and i have to you have to be my husband well after a couple of years he's not gonna grow up looking like that person he's gonna change completely and then you're gonna have to figure out a way to to, to be attracted to him when he when his facial features change like 
Come on, figure out who you are. What, what do you want out of life? Because you both need to be on the exact same page here. Like, anywho, let's, let's move on <laughs> to the, back to the topic. Let's, let's go back to the topic. Arranged marriages provide equal status, financial stability, cultural identity, and the same opinion amongst partners and families. So they are less chances of dispute. The pressures can be a good and a bad thing. That pressure to participate in the arranged marriage because of a long existing friendship between both families, not a lot of people can handle that pressure. There is also the issue of meddling parents now that you are a new couple. The new couple now has four people in their marriage and their bedrooms. This could create hardship and lead to divorce. Yes, you'll have free childcare because they are so involved, but now they are governing how you raise your children. And I know from, you know, my brother's experience with with his baby that they don't like it. Young people don't like you meddling and telling them what they should do and what they shouldn't do because how you parent when you were younger as a young parent to a child or a baby, you know, you must have made mistakes yourself. And yes, you're trying to save your children from that mistake as well. But the meddling and the constantly saying, don't do this and don't do that. You're basically trying to say that I can parent your child better than you can. Why are you trying to compete with your younger kids? Your kids are trying to figure it out and figure out what would work best for them. So why are you trying to compete and compare? Like, this is how we did it. So you have to do it that way so that you can have a lasting family like we did. That grudge that you're trying to build in your kids and bitterness in their new their new lives, it just kind of restricts them. It doesn't give them any movements. They're, they're not even allowed to, to care for their own children without you breathing down their backs. And if they try to discipline, you know, you step in and you start saying, don't do this and don't do that. And it's really fucking annoying. It really is. And I don't have children, but I'm like, honestly, if I had kids... And my parent came in and tried to say, oh, don't do this, don't do that. I'm just trying to help you out. I tell them to get the fuck out of my house. Because right now, this is between me and my child and my husband. You need to leave because you are not married to my husband and you are not the mother of my child. So you can play grandma and grandpa, but that's as far as it goes. In that culture, you can't do that, though. Thank God I'm not Muslim. (laughs) It's because... I'm telling you, I just, I just, I don't like people coming into my space and trying to tell me what to do and what not to do. Like, let me figure it out on my own. Let me make my own mistakes and learn from them. Like, let me learn my lessons. Like, stop trying to save me and restrict me and make me feel like I can't, I can't do this on my own to be dependent on you. That's, that's just not, that's not going to work for my family. So please stop. But again, if, you know, these kids end up doing that to their parents, they're going to take that as a disrespect. Like, how dare you disrespect your parents like this? We are here to help. And instead, you're doing this, this and that. Like, it's it's like a, a manipulative game that just continues to be played. And so if the parents want to escape from this torture, they might as well just get divorced. Keep in mind, those who enter an arranged marriage also have a much lower divorce rate than those who enter a marriage without their parents' involvement. The divorce rate for arranged marriage is 4%, while the divorce rate in the United States is around 40 or 50%. What you don't hear with the 4% statistics are the fact that maybe the female can't afford a divorce. They have no money, no job to raise funds, and their family won't allow them. 
only the man can divorce or pursue divorce. The second fact that people don't consider pressures from the families for the couple to stay together due to fear of shame and their reputation being ruined how they will look to the community and the discord that this divorce would cause between families let's not forget blame blame has to go somewhere so of course your divorce rate is low when you have these two points that are being placed in front of you and of course the study that said if four percent did not include any of this they were just saying like the marriages are just so great with arranged marriages they don't consider any factors that could be preventing that divorce rate of four percent to go up in any way there's a lot of negative consequences that come with divorce in arranged marriages it is not just about two people it's about the parents the siblings the grandparents and the ancestries you remember back in the day how you know if if uh a woman leaves a home she's the one that's going to be dragged through the mud um, if she decides that she wants to be divorced she is the one that's dishonoring the family if a man was to do it it's almost like it was okay and back in the day even when you read the bible it's almost like okay if if your wife leaves you um or tries to divorce you then you know she's ruined but you the woman can never get married again until her husband comes back to her and i was like what kind of bullshit is this and i remember reading it in the bible thinking god this is so archaic like why is it that you know if the husband was to leave the wife to go off and have his adventure with another woman that she would have to sit there and stay single forever so if he decides to come 20 years running back going oh i miss my wife again it's almost like she can then have a man in her life but only her husband that left her i thought that was messed up i'm like the old testaments and me are not friends we're just not friends so here is the last story that i want to to share and keep in mind this story i have a feeling i have shared it before but i can't remember which episode it was because at this point this podcast this podcast orchid blooms podcast has about 68 episodes so if you were to ask me which exact episode i shared this in i'm sorry i'm not your friend i won't know you're gonna have to listen to all 68 episodes <laughs> to figure out where i had mentioned this story before um, so this story is, um, that I went to a friend's birthday party. He and I are no longer friends. I think he got mad because I, I wasn't interested in him. I guess he thought that he was just prime specimen. And I was like, listen, I'm so sorry, but your mindset, it's, it does not work with me and it does not equal to a lasting relationship. And if we were to go into marriage, we would end up in divorce because your mindset does not it, it's it's very childish and it's not realistic enough for me to build a life on so i had to just kind of part ways and plus he had way too much family drama that i couldn't deal with like i got my own family and we have our own shit but his was on another level like i can't deal with his mom his mom needs to meddle his mom needs to be up in everything and she's one of those moms that likes to cuss about everything so i was like no thank you i need some peace period point blank peace so i went to his birthday party and i bought him a gift and he brought a girl that he was dating at the time and he was telling me about it it took me years not even years like months to realize 
because he told me that he was jumping into relationships with all these girls in an attempt to get me jealous, except that's that childish mindset that I couldn't stand. So he just keeps proving my point that we are not compatible because he's playing these childish games thinking that I'm a childish woman and I'm not a childish woman. But back to the story. So I went to his birthday. I met his brothers and, you know, some of his friends I already knew. And I met the girl. But there's this one guy that I met, that's his, his friend. And him and I were just kind of sitting down. And I guess he was trying to hit on me, but I didn't understand why. Because, ew, just met you and yet you're trying to pick me up? Like, no. Uh, who are you? I don't even, to this day, I still don't know his name. I still don't know his name. Eventually, after this guy realized that, okay, this girl's not really that into me. And it looks like she's not going to... to you know want to pursue something with me so i'm just gonna tell her i'm married so then this dude's sitting there saying oh yeah i'm married and i was like what the fuck you mean to tell me you've been following me around this party trying to hit on me trying to get my number still haven't shared your name shared anything about your life but now that you realize that i'm really not interested in you at all now you want to tell me you're married i'm like you're fucking sick so he basically said you know i'm married and i was like oh congratulations like you know who did you marry and he's like well i married like this muslim girl and i said come again i'm like are you muslim he's like well not really but i mean you know we do share similar fates and i was like okay so you are muslim he's like yeah but he was like a black muslim and i said all right so you married like a black muslim girl and he's like no i married like a white muslim girl and i went okay because <laughs> I have never seen this before like a black Muslim guy and a, and a white Muslim girl like not white as in Caucasian white but like Middle Eastern like Lebanese Muslim or Yemen Muslim or Palestinian Muslim you know what I'm saying like those types of Muslims or Israel Muslims and I saw I was like okay I've never seen this before maybe it does happen but it's not put out there into the world as far as I'm concerned because I don't visit these countries I don't get to see the different shades of marriages in that culture yes I would love to visit Israel and I would love to go to Egypt and I don't know if I can do Yemen but you know Lebanon looks great I would like to visit Lebanon and so I was kind of confused because I've never seen this before and I said, oh, I was like, wow, like, okay. And I said, well, how come your wife's not here with you today? And he's like, oh, my wife's just being whatever. And I said, all right. I'm like, you don't seem to have very nice things to say about your wife. And he's like, well, I mean, how we got together, basically she had fallen in love with me. And I was like, well, you didn't, didn't you love her? And he's like, yeah, I did love her, but not like that. So I was like, so basically what you're saying to me is that you just saw her and thought, oh, I want to fuck this girl knowing fully well that she is you know muslim like you, you you just decided all right let me see if i can fool around with this girl or at least get away with it because you're not really from the same culture and so he didn't want to admit that to me but i kind of got the gist of the situation based on the way he was talking about her in such a disrespectful form at this point the man has my full attention because i need to know why you're disrespecting your wife in such a way and I said, okay, so how did you guys get married? He's like, well, you know, she had told her parents that she wanted to marry me. And I was like, did you at least propose to her? <laughs> and he's like, no, I didn't. So I was like, where did she get the impression that you guys could get married and start a life together then? And he's like, well, I don't know. I don't know where she got it from. And in my mind, I was like, okay, so you promised her marriage to get in her pants maybe. And so she went and told her family about it thinking that you were serious but you just wanted to get into her pants 
I was like, okay, let's continue with this story then. And I said, all right. So she told her parents and her parents were like, no, you're not marrying this man, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, all right, do you think it's due to racism? And he's like, of course it's due to racism. I'm black. I said, okay. And so how did you guys get married if her family did not approve of her marrying you? And he said, well, she decided to go against her parents and her parents made it clear to her, like, if you marry this man, you are disowned from this family and you should never speak to any of your family members ever again. And I guess she decided to take that risk and throw away her family to be with me. And he's like, that's why they're married now. And I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, so are you saying that you don't respect your wife because she turned against her family for love? And he's like, well, yeah, like, who does that? He's like, I wouldn't do that for her. But what the hell? Like, your family should be everything. For you to throw away your family for me, that's just stupid. And I thought to myself when he said that, my, my jaw dropped. I think all of his boys just sat there quietly in the corner not saying a word because they could see the look on my face. Like, my, my mouth opened and I just kind of looked at him, like, shocked because I did not realize that this man in front of me was so insecure. He was so insecure that he didn't think himself worthy of of receiving someone like that someone that would fight for them someone that would abandon their family for him and in his mind he looks down at her for even doing that and i was just so disgusted by him but i had to just finish because i was like i need to understand (laughs) like like you're the problem but i still don't understand so i said okay And I'm like, why are you here at this party trying to pick me up then if you have a wife? And he's like, well, you know, she's kind of getting on my nerves. Like we had one child together and she doesn't really seem to want me around the kid or want us together. And she she stopped being that loving girl that she used to be. I said in my mind, I was like, "Okay." so she basically now see exactly who the hell you are. And she had abandoned her family who warned her not to marry you. And you prove them right. You did. Instead of being a good husband and a good father, you did the complete opposite because you wanted to show her that you weren't worthy of the sacrifice that she has made. And now she's left alone with her child. So he is saying to me like he's trying to, you know, have a baby with her, a second child with her, and she doesn't want to have a child. She doesn't even want to have sex with him. And I was like, listen, this marriage is done. (laughs) This marriage is finished. She completely checked the fuck out. Now she needs to figure out how the hell she's going to get back to her family, take her baby, and abandon you, basically. Because at this point, she she's she's done. She's done with you. She doesn't, you know, hang out with you and the child together. She, she just kind of acts like she's a single mom at this point, and you just live in the house, because that's what it sounds like. And then I said, all right. And I said, what are you doing to better the situation? And he's like, well, there's nothing I can do. So I said, what you think would be the best thing to do is to go around trying to find another woman to what be your your concubine or be someone on the side while you try while you wait for her to leave you. And he's like, well, I should just go out and find love for myself. And I'm like, but you did have that and you sabotaged it deliberately. So I said, isn't that a you problem? And he goes, no, like she should just know better. She should just start acting like she's a better wife, like the way she used to. (sighs) And I'm like, oh my gosh, like this is too much for me. And I said, well, I wish you the best of luck with that. And he's like, well, I mean, now that you know my story, like, wouldn't you want to get with me? And I was like, no, you sound like a jackass and a piece of shit. And if you're going to treat your wife that way, you're most likely going to treat other women that way. So you're not even worth any woman's time at this point. And he just looked at me like, 
I'm like, listen, I might not be a Muslim girl, but it's the same concept. How you treat the women in your life is exactly how you're going to treat me. Like this is someone you married and you had a kid with and you're disrespecting in such a way. You're garbage is basically what I had to say. And all his friends just kind of sat there saying nothing. Anyways, he got pissed off and he stormed out of the house. And I looked at his friends and I was like, you're seriously friend with that fucker? And they all looked at me like trying to apologize for their for their misjudgment and they're like listen like he doesn't really have a lot of friends and i'm like there's a reason why he doesn't have a lot of friends something's wrong with him and they're like we're just trying to be nice and we invited him to this party you know as a friend and they're just trying to make all of these excuses but they were embarrassed because i called them out like why are you friends with this person and they just shook their heads and they're like technically we're not really friends and i was like oh you totally threw him under the bus like he's not really our friend we're just trying to be nice i was like oh man i've been there i have invited girls out who i didn't really consider friends but i was trying to be nice and i regretted it it was one of the most embarrassing experiences i've ever had so i get it i felt for these guys so i didn't you know harp on them anymore but still why are you associated with a freak like him anywho that's the last story that i'm going to share um, I know that it's over an hour in this podcast episode, but these stories, you know, they have a lot of detail to it. And I'm really trying hard to minimize the details, but it's not going to make any sense until I drop some details. Anywho, arranged marriages. So arranged marriages are prominently amongst Hindus and Muslims. There are three types of arranged marriages. First, one is a traditional marriage. Second is a semi-arranged marriage. And the third is a love arranged marriage. The traditional arranged marriage are mainly focused on the parents' arrangement. The couples do not have much of a say, but they can agree to it or not. That's it. Basically, majority of this podcast episode, everything that I have said is about the traditional arranged marriages. Semi-arranged marriages where the family arranges the marriages, but the couple talk and meet outside of the formal engagement ceremony between engage, uh, engagement and marriages. Love arranged marriage is where a couple validates its love choice to their prospective family and then they go about arranging that union. Compatibility is one of the most important factor that one must keep in mind before going for for an arranged marriage. You don't need to be 100% compatible. You two must be compatible to some percentage in order to lead a happy life. Compatibilities can be manipulated, as I mentioned before in a YouTube live um, live um, stream that I did with Dr. Tiffany Ross, who was a regular on the podcast when I first started, and I brought her onto the YouTube platform, The Ambitious Obsession Show, where I did a live with her because she's all the way in the states and I'm in Canada, and we talked about you know compatibilities versus healthy compatibilities versus unhealthy compatibilities compatibilities and that's what I named the actual episode now that I have done this podcast episode there is a lot more questions I wish that I had asked about compatibilities um, this this video again is called healthy versus unhealthy compatibilities you can watch it on Orchid Bloom's YouTube channel uh, which is a part of the ambitious obsession show keep in mind the questions and topics were 
was focused on general relationship and why compatibilities can be viewed in an unhealthy or healthy way. Hearing the opinion of a psychotherapist was helpful to the topic, so I hope you take something from it. Definitely watch it. Don't forget to leave uh, a like (laughs) to uh, promote that uh, YouTube channel. But I kind of wish that, you know, that I had done this episode a year ago. And that way, when I did do that specific episode on unhealthy and healthy compatibilities, that I would have a little bit more questions for her to to answer as a psychotherapist who works with people who are married, as well as individuals such as women who may be struggling with something within their lives that could prevent them from being or achieving happiness. So definitely check out Dr. Tiffany Ross on YouTube as well. She has a YouTube channel, but you can also find her on her Instagram page, just punch in Dr. Tiffany Ross and she will come up. She's the only one psychotherapist, super sweet lady, and she's just amazing. And um, yeah, I wish I had dedicated a little bit more time to talking about compatibilities here on this podcast, and I might decide to create a different altogether podcast episode regarding compatibility since I I mentioned it in um, or I dedicated a, a YouTube live to it, but I'll think about it. And if it's something that you guys want me to put in a podcast episode, definitely go on my um, Instagram page at the ambitious net and let me know if this is something that you feel I need to dedicate a podcast episode to on. But keep in mind, you still have to watch healthy versus unhealthy compatibilities on YouTube. And if you feel like I could have gone a little bit more in depth on the matter, then yes, I will create a podcast episode going forward. But we are over an hour with this podcast episode, so I cannot go into it now. But this concludes the podcast episode and I hope you like it. Don't forget to like, rate and leave a review on this episode or the podcast in general. The Bloomers merchandise is now available on the website, taonetwork.ca, or the Instagram shop if you are following the Ambitious Obsession Net on Instagram. Now, I want to thank you for supporting the Orchid Blooms podcast. Visit our website at tao.ca. You can also visit our social media pages, which are Facebook, the Ambitious Obsession Network, Instagram at the Ambitious Net, Twitter at the Ambitious Ops. My personal Instagram is at Orchid Eye Brown. Don't forget to click the follow and subscribe button and share your favorite episode with your family and your friends. I hope you all have a splendid day.